everybody, and welcome to the Companion Podcast. I'm Casey Orr, the video producer here, and I'm here with guest Pastor Galen. How's it going? Galen? Great, thanks. This is my first first time of doing the review, so yeah. awesome. You and Carson have done such a phenomenal job, and now Carson's out of town, so I get to I get to play his role today. So yeah. thanks for asking. Well, and it's awesome because you have the opportunity to go up, and that's one of the things we wanted to talk about originally when we were looking at this is is how can we take what we just heard and like go further with something. But today we talked about faithfulness and our big, one of our big scriptures was Hebrews 10, 22 yes. to 25. Right. I think so. Yes. And um, so tell us about also when you're going through this week, you know, you had the thing happen where, where something happened in your life that really like brought your attention to it. And that was with your pup passing oh. away. And we're sorry to hear about that. Oh but. my gosh. No, it's hard. I tell you, you know, Mary Kay and I, uh, we've had, we had two dogs that were the same age and we put the, the, I don't know, the one that was a mixed breed of lab and probably border collie, put her down about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And of course that left a big hole in our hearts, but having Willow, she's the golden, she's so faithful. Gosh, it's mm -hmm. so loyal, so loving. So, and, and now they're both gone and you're really aware of how yeah. empty it's really, it's been tough. Kind of quiet. Tough weekend. And you oh, go, man. You go to let them out in the morning and then, oh, I'm sorry. It's just tough, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. But like, it did bring up a really good example that you used was that, um, you know, I don't know if that's why God made an elephant so yeah. we could talk about memory <laughs> or a goldfish so we yeah. could also talk about memory. But the idea yeah. that, you know, God put us in a world where we, ha where we have creatures with qualities yeah. that we can use as lessons. And right. even way back with like Aesop's fables and stuff like that, he used animals and okay. the crafty fox and the clever crow and sure. uh, yeah. stuff like that. And wise so, is an owl. Wise is an owl. Now, see, I don't know if that's in the scripture, but those are <laughs> metaphors that we've used yeah. to understand. Yeah. To, it's like, okay, we get um, some of these virtues yeah. or even vices based on, you know, a lizard brain. Yeah. You know? yeah that's the most, re that's <laughs> most, the most I've never heard thing. that until the last probably year or two. People yeah, yeah. have a lizard brain. The, the psychology. Well, and then you go, oh, okay, well, it's true that yeah. you kind of go into your survival. There you go. Mode. Survivor mode. Yeah. Brain, but, yeah. and then he, he, they even talk about that. I think in like the first chapter of Romans, when he kind of says God put in the earth, like when he built the earth, he built it so that we could learn about him and sure. about creation. And Absolutely. So, so, in so fact, it says we don't, we have no excuses because we have experienced creation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's no excuse for not believing in God. You heard That's a good point. Here. Where were you when I was writing this case? I don't this would know. Been this perfect. Was, no, but you did. I like, <laughs> I like the way you did it. But so what we're going to do today is um, for like our girl groups and stuff like that, we, we're going to come over a couple things that we that kind of stood out and we're going to talk, have a couple questions to kind of leave everybody with. Yeah. So I'll ask you just kind of uh, your side of things. One of the things that we talked about, um, we talked about pursuing God and then the way God pursues us and kind of his, you know, the loving respect he has for us making a decision, the way he sets that up. Um, but one of the things you talked about when you talked about things we recognize, first of all, was the fact that, you know, you talked about kids is when you look at your, oh, when yeah. you looked at your kids and you recognize like something that would maybe was a quality of, of Mary Kay, you're like, oh, that's adorable. But when you saw them doing <laughs> something like you, yeah. you're like, oh, we probably got to squash that. <laughs> we got to squash that. Yeah, Absolutely. So it's interesting that in, uh, in psychology, they, they see that if you have someone in your life who really bugs you, who just really makes you mad, a lot of times there's something about yourself that you're seeing in them. Yes. Have you, have you ever experienced, you don't have to name anybody, but you've ever had someone like that. And then kind of as time went by, you realized you had a lot in common with them or anything. Well, like that? Oh yeah. No, that's a, that's a really good point. Cause I've, you know, 
I think as a young person, I was, I had the opinion that I, you know, I pretty had a high opinion of my opinion, you know? Yeah. And so I was, they call that arrogance in scripture, right? <laughs> and so I, I'm, I'm pretty aware of that when I see arrogance and it's like, okay, now I don't, I don't have a visceral, vitriol reaction necessarily, but when I see it, it's like, ah, oh, that's not going to serve you well. Yeah. You know, it's humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and, and at the proper time, he will lift you up, mm. cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I tell you, if you humble yourself, you will have anxiety, especially if you're a person that's pretty uh, confident or full of yourself. Yeah. Right. And so that's when I see that in another person, um, especially a young person, um, it's like, I, I want to get to know them well enough to be able to warn them. Uh, that's not going to serve you well. And yeah. I can give you some examples. Well, and you use that as an illustration with the, the AA story of someone who there's a t- other also times where maybe it's not something that you're um, as guilty of now, but maybe you're something you, you had been guilty of and that you learned the lessons to get over. You know, like yeah. you talked about, it's like you, you're just saying, you see someone, you say like, I did that. I know that doesn't serve you. And now that bothers me that that person does it. And so Maybe that's the thing that we can that we can ask you all, um, listeners, is who do you run into and what is your reaction? Galen just uh, described a reaction that is, man, I wish you could I could help you get to over that right. problem the way I have learned to get over that problem. I wish I could spare you um, the pain of learning, learning no the lesson. Kidding, that's a great way of saying it, Casey. Yeah. But it, it requires a relationship, yeah. At least from now in the AA <laughs> example. There wasn't much of a relationship there. This yeah, guy was no. just like, dude, and I'm going to, I'm going to hit you really hard. And if you can't, if you can't get this, uh, I, I hope you do. And I hope you respond well. Yeah. Well, in a situation like that, you can't, if a person is not there to actively do the work that they need to do, then there's no, re- that's, yeah. I think that's what they're wasting their time yeah. is I can talk to you all day and night. But yeah. if you're not ready to hear it, then it's not going to do any more good than your wife sending, getting you to come here or your kids telling you they don't like it when you drink or your the term in the AA book is, is frothy emotional appeals availed us nothing. Oh, it's just the way they ter- describe all of our loved ones trying to tell us. And that's one reason alcoholics talk to alcoholics and right. addicts talk to addicts is because you can say, if I start describing my life and you're like, oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. And I said, well, that's going to continue being like that. I ha- but I have the thing. I've I've been down in this hole before, and I yep. know the way out. You know the way out. That's you really know. good. You know, one of the things I'd add to that. I don't know if you've ever been around somebody that has overcome something like smoking. Mm. Yeah, they are the most obnoxious people around a smoker. Have you ever noticed this before? <laughs> I don't it's like know they. If oh man, I don't if know you, if I put that together. As soon as someone stops smoking, if they're around a smoker, they will speak <laughs> right. It's like, oh my god, they're just yeah, like completely annoyed by it. So I we went to this restaurant one time, and the and this guy used to smoke. And uh, I'm old enough to have remember the time when you actually people would smoke in restaurants and they were yeah, smoking, the smoking and not section, smoking. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember those days? I, I do. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how long ago, 50, 25 years ago, probably. Yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway, <laughs> I went to the restaurant with this guy who had stopped smoking and this, you know, the waitress asked us uh, smoking or non-smoking or the host did. And this guy said, well, we would prefer that nobody would smoke. <laughs> it's just like, and he was just always it's just perturbed by it's like, oh my gosh, it's just so, so annoying. Whereas those of us that are were non-smokers would, yeah, it would be annoying, but we wouldn't say anything. Yeah, but someone who stopped, you know, 
Man, it annoyed him to the point he would actually say something. (laughs) There's no zealot like a convert kind of a thing. That's exactly right. (laughs) Well, there's some truth in this whole thing. But that also illustrates that there's a good way and a bad way to establish that relationship. You can can have gotten through this experience and you can be really smug and self-righteous about it and be obnoxious. And then people will probably want to do the opposite thing you're saying. Yeah. Or you can go to them like we're described in the Bible in love and like... um, you know, we're doing this whole thing in Galatians and later, I think it's Galatians six. It says, go to them in all gentleness and love right. to, to help them with the correction is right. like you can't approach it with this self-righteous kind of thing. But speaking of approaching people, the two big pieces I wanted to kind of really quickly like, go over and maybe find some, some really direct uh, application that our groups and our, and our listeners can, can go to this week is this description of us pursuing God, um, speaking about prayer, Pray without ceasing and the the um, persistent widow and the idea towards the end of God's pursuing us and the fact that God does pursue us, but we also, there's a point where we say no enough times that he will, that he he can stop. Well, yeah, I think we're supposed to continue to pursue him, Mm -hmm. even though, even when we don't understand. I mean, even if we're mad at him, it's like, God, I don't Mm -hmm. understand why this happened. I don't understand. I mean, he still wants us to pursue because when we're pursuing him, even if we're pounding a fist on the table, we're still expressing the faith that's saying, I know you have the answer. I just don't know how to, I don't know what to do in yeah. this situation. So it's an expression of faith. And he's, he asks us to do this. Ask, you know, you've given to you, seek and you will find. Yeah. Knock and the door will be open. We're supposed to continue to pound the doors of, of those. Okay, so let me hit a pause on that. Okay. The word Israel means wrestle with God. Right? Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. Jacob, right? Yeah. And he wrestled with God. Exactly. And it became Israel. Israel is the only people group that is called to wrestle with God. You know, yeah. you, you think with the uh, Muslims, it's like complete submission, right? Yeah. With Israel, it's like, no, we're going to wrestle with God over this issue. It's like, man, it's like, like a dog gnarling on a bone. It's like, yeah. what do you want me to do here, Lord, and all that? <laughs> and so this whole idea of wrestling with God doesn't distract him. It's basically mm-hmm. asking and seeking and knocking and saying, you are being persistent to yeah. go after what you believe God has the answer for. And, and that's one, one thing that happened in that story was that Jacob held on. even at, So God yeah. put his uh, his hip out of his socket. And as someone who has recently come into the thing with a, a little bit of hip joint pain. You know the I, pain of that. I can't, I can't pick up something that's not even heavy. I can't pick up yeah. a bag of dog food um, if my hip hurts. So he was helpless, but he didn't let go. He held on and he says, you know, release me because the, the sun was coming up. And he says, not until you bless me. Yeah. And so you talk uh, earlier about um, that kind of continuously seeking him. My under, my feeling of prayer, the way someone described prayer to me once was not so much like uh, the Santa Claus situation where I'm going to I'm going to ask you for something. If I've been good, you'll give it to me. Yeah. It's more of a situation of drawing yourself in alignment of the understanding of God. Um, like in James somewhere, I think it towards the end, he says, you know, draw closer to God and God will also yeah, draw, draw, closer, near to, draw yep. nearer to you. Absolutely. And yep. so we have that, we're called to kind of do that. And so to be persistent with that and pursuing him and being close in that relationship. If I were in a grow group, I would ask that question. Has anybody, you know, had an experience where you just, you just went to God and wrestled with, you know, this yeah. whole issue. And did you see God uh, come through in a way, in some way, you mm-hmm. know, maybe it's, it wasn't the answer maybe you were looking for, but a lot of times what happens um, is God doesn't, I've seen it in my life, God doesn't necessarily change my circumstance. He changes me. Yeah. It changes my perspective or whatever. And it's like, okay, I can accept this now. But but it it wouldn't have happened had I if I ran from God. Yes. It happened because I drew near to him and wrestled with him. Exactly. And I think that's important. 
And then, so turning down the other side of the coin is God's pursuit of us. Yeah. Is, is I know I've had a time in my life when I was just sold out for Jesus and just love, loved church and loved the relationship with God. And then, you know, I went away for a long time mm-hmm. and I don't believe that God ever stopped pursuing me because I never told him no. I just said, I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't really know how this works, but I, I feel, I feel his pursuit. I look back in those times, like that footprints, like when I look back on times and be like, even when I wasn't being faithful, like I see times where he was faithful to me. Right. We call it the hound of heaven and mm-hmm. it's the Holy spirit of God. That's going to hound us. Yeah. Those of, those of us that have made a profession of faith in Christ. I'm, I pr- made a profession of faith when I was seven. Yeah. Solid my faith through junior high, high school, drifted from God when I was in college. Yeah. Now, I drifted a long way. I didn't run from God. I just drifted from God. And then I got back, uh, married, uh, having our first uh, child, and and had Mary Kay was having a lot of trouble. And didn't I thought I was going to lose both mom and child that, mm, gosh. that time. And it was one of those things. I prayed this prayer, God, I don't know if you remember me, but. And then. <laughs> It, it, it's, it's like I stopped drifting and I started pursuing again. Mm. Now, do I think God stopped pursuing me? No, but I think he let me drift. Yeah. To the point, it's like I got a long way from the shore. And it was a bumpy ride back. Yeah. Um, you know, getting back in my relationship with God, because because what I in drifting, what happens is you start habits or you know, practices in your life that yeah. aren't congruent with Scripture. And it's yeah. like as you, and he's, you're drawn back to him. It's like, oh, wow, this— now this doesn't fit in my life anymore. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you really, I think that the second service, especially you mentioned the uh, prodigal son story. Yeah. Is he had, he had to drift. Like you said, uh, uh, the father didn't follow him the whole time. Yep. I mean, I imagine nowadays the, you know, the father in that story would have like watched his social media to see how he was doing. <laughs> yeah. Had but an he, app for that. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. He, but yeah. he didn't like pursue him. Yeah. And it wasn't until the guy was like, what was like living in uh, with the pigs trying yep. to eat the pigs food that he realized that like, I need to go home. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't talk about his journey back, but it probably, he probably had to walk. He didn't have money for food. He couldn't like, you know, yeah. buy a plane ticket. So he had to somehow limp his way back. But like you said, as soon as the father saw him coming, yeah, he, ran out, he ran out to meet him. It's beautiful a beautiful picture. picture. It really is. It's just in, so endearing for any heart. You go, mm-hmm. Man, just draw near to God and, and he will draw near to you. So maybe that's the the last follow-up question is if you want to talk to uh, people or think about this for yourself or talk about it in in your groups. So what was a time where you were wrestling with God that you were pursuing him relentlessly for an answer and then kind of like how how you saw God show up in that? And another time, what was some time that maybe you drifted away from God and you saw him be faithful in his pursuit of you? So I'll leave you with that. And like with that, I hope that, you know, we are encouraging you to go out as we're told to encourage so that you can encourage one another. And as Hebrews said, to stir each other up to all love and good works. So thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week.